Welcome back to the Metric Stack Podcast. We're joined today by Wes Bush, founder and CEO of Product Led and best-selling author of Product Led Growth, How to Build a Product That Sells Itself. Now, I mean, who doesn't want that, right? So the focus of today's episode is Product Qualified Leads, or PQLs. I'm joined by my co-host, Lauren Thibodeau, and my name is Alan Villain. Wes, super happy to have you on the show today. Awesome. Super happy to be on here. It's a fun place to be out here. <laughs> Thanks so much, Wes. We're glad to have you here. And before we dive into the details of this metric, could you just set the stage and give us some context for what we should be thinking about here? Totally. So when you're thinking of like, okay, like what is product qualified leads? Maybe it might be more helpful to base it on something that hopefully a lot of you are already familiar with, which is marketing qualified leads. It's nice cousin, we'll call it. So a marketing qualified lead for a lot of people is like, okay, you're trying to find the intent of one person who's a good fit. Like you're looking at demographic information and then also you're looking at like, oh, did they view your pricing page and all that stuff? Um, what are they showing you that is like, oh, this is like someone who's interested in what we're doing. Um, so that's your marketing qualified lead. It's really useful, uh, can be abused <laughs> easily. It depends on how you set up your points for, oh, you get 50 points for your pricing page, 50 points for your white paper, uh, all that fun stuff. So like, that's uh, market qualified lead for your product qualified lead. The only thing that's a bit different is you're still looking at, you know what, who is a good fit? You're still looking at, okay, what is the intent and all this stuff? But you're taking it one step further, which is really saying, oh, who actually went into our product and saw value? Who really got to that experience of like, wow, I, I get this product. I love this product. So that's really a lot of the, the differences between uh, a very fundamental uh, metric, which is the MQL. This is the cousin. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask maybe a super simple question, but it's product qualified leads versus marketing qualified leads. So almost everybody can apply uh, an MQL sort of philosophy, but do you have to be a, a product company to really use PQLs? And maybe that's an obvious question, but you know, is, it, is it really limited to only those kind of companies? No, not at all. So like you will definitely see this a lot more in like the software space. That's kind of where the term like originated, but um, any company can be product led. And I say product led as like a way where you're actually giving your product away for free and people can actually experience like what that value is um, and see for themselves. Like, is this a good fit for me or not? Um, I'll give you an example, like even for cologne or uh, perfume or even cars, like whenever you're thinking of like buying these, um, things. It's like, oh, can I smell it? Okay, great. That was awesome. <laughs> Where it's like the exact opposite, like, oh God, like <laughs> so glad I didn't buy that one. And the same thing with cars. It's like, okay, how can we make that experience? And so in a lot of these other interactions, what's often there is like maybe the salesperson's there and saying, oh, you didn't like it. Okay, great. Uh, let me actually try and find you something better that would be better suited to what your needs are. Like, what kind of smells do you like? Um, same thing with the car. It's like, oh, actually, you come out of that car like you're smiling or you're like, just like, oh, that thing, like a good thing I avoided that. That was a lemon. Um, <laughs> so we are tracking this uh, in different ways. But a lot of times it's not like, oh, okay, we're actually looking at like percentages. Like how many people actually get to that moment of like, I get this. Um, so yeah, if you're doing like physical products, there's a lot of different ways you can measure it. It's just a little bit trickier sometimes. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's super helpful. So it's not just limited to software, right? This does have very broad applicability 
but sometimes it has sort of a, a low tech way of 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 listening to what people are actually saying when they're experiencing the product. So you're giving me the heebie-jeebies here with the cologne analogy. I have a teenager in the house who's putting on way too much right now. (laughs) So I can relate to some stuff that's not as good a fit. But let's drill in a bit to the metric itself. Could you just define even more specifically what exactly is the metric and how do you calculate it? Totally. So how you calculate it is going to be different for every single um, business. If you're ours... (laughs) that cologne, it might be like, okay, like it could just be a simple question where you're asking like, how did you find that? It's like good, bad. Okay, good. If it's good, they're qualified. If not, then it's it's not. In like software products, you might actually look at what they're doing. So for instance, uh, if we're looking at it like Clipfolio's case, it's like, okay, we might think it's when people integrate their uh, data and they integrate it with Clipfolio. It's like, hmm, it's actually not that though. It is when they are actually seeing their dashboard for the first time they see all the like three or four integrations in one they're like oh cool they saved me so much time i was doing this manually um that's really when you're thinking about like how do you set this up right i see a lot of companies make the mistake of like oh it's just like they got to do xyz but it's like no what does that enable them to do uh what is that other thing across the other hill that it uh, will allow them to do so when you're setting it up i would just focus on like one step further what will this enable someone to do and then track that piece? So you're, you're, you're looking for those wow events that somebody has this just amazing experience and that gets them one step closer to actually finding value in your product. Those are then the folks that are going to go further, going to have good sales interactions, et cetera. But what about activation? So is that the other cousin? I mean, we talked about, you know, MQL being sort of the, the marketing and the pre-product cousin, then there's PQL. Is activation rate or activation you know, monitoring, is that something very related as well? So you're, if you set it up right, activation is the same thing in a lot of ways. As your product qualified lead, you're measuring that specific moment. And the only difference is in some products, it's like, it's a one-off thing. And so it's like, okay, we're just looking at like that first activation moment, but some products it's like, oh, I'll go into it multiple times and I could become product qualified, if you will, uh, once every month. And like, that's what they call like a active account. And so it is one of those things that it has many different shapes and forms of like, depending on how your product will look like. But um, generally speaking, yes, it is a very good, Uh, indicator of activation if you set it up right. And what, I mean, product-led growth is an enormous movement and it's it's even gaining steam now. Why is this particular metric so important for companies to understand and wrap their heads around? Yeah, because uh, when you think about the whole, I guess, like movement, if you will, (laughs) <laughs> and Wes, don't be shy. I mean, I think I think you're the father of this movement, right? So oh, I am. Um, but when you think about like, okay, what is this tectonic kind of like shift of the way we're doing business as well? I always look at like, okay, what makes product-led companies win versus maybe their counterpart? Like, let's say a more sales-led company where like the only way you can actually buy the product is you have to talk to someone. Okay, so like that sales-led company one of their metrics of success is like, okay, from the very first touch point to like going through the sales sequence, it's like, it moves from like acquisition and like we're getting you to our site to like monetization very quickly. So 
as a company and a culture that really rewards like, okay, the success is equated to almost like closing the deal in a way, especially early on. Whereas in a product-led company, the big tectonic shift, I'll call it, is like, okay, yeah, you're still going to acquire people, but the next thing you got to do is actually engage them. If you don't actually engage them, if you don't actually give them a good experience, um, we have all done this where you sign up for an application, you don't get to value, uh, or it's very hard The sign up experience sucks. You just don't go back to it. So it's like, it's game over <laughs> if you don't serve your users well. And so um, this product qualified lead metric is really uh, important because it's one thing to say like, oh yeah, we're going to like, you know, show value, not just tell people about it. But like, this is like, oh, you're actually like, aligning incentives internally, like your marketing team now has to care about like, yeah, signups reports and but like tie it to how many product qualified leads. Same thing for your sales team. They're looking at like, oh, how many of these product qualified leads could we talk to and help them like upgrade? And how could we always improve that? Your product team will look at this and say, you know what? We are only getting 10% of product qualified leads. What could we do to get like, you know, 20 or 30% of our signups? successful. And so it's really cool when you see this internally inside an organization because it just aligns everyone's interests with supporting the success of the user. And I always I abuse this in our program, which is this one saying it's like your user success will eventually become your success. And you'll always see that in product companies. The ones who are the best at this um, are the ones who are ultimately succeeding the most. Uh, you know, I think, I mean, we just need to pause on that for a minute because that is so incredibly important. You know, so many companies have made that shift from very much a, an expensive sales-led motion where the value is almost sort of a second consideration. And, and consumers and, and buyers of software, they, they just don't have the patience for that anymore. Today's, today's users need to see value and they need to experience that early on. And I think that's also in part why so many people, when you ask them, do you want to try the product or do you want to, you know, talk to a salesperson? They were like, no, I want to try the product. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm kind of sick and tired of talking to salespeople. I want to just try the product, right? And as it turns out, as you said, it's a less expensive, more honest sales motion that actually ends up if your customer is successful, you're successful. So I think that's, I think that's so absolutely fundamental. And I think this is why so many people are starting to pay attention to this metric. For sure. I was going to say, I love bringing in the user perspective. Often when I think of product-led growth, I think about, well, what about customer-led growth? What about value-led growth? And you're bringing those two things together. Can you, is there an example in the companies that you've worked with or coached where really looking at this and digging into your product-led growth metric led to an aha moment for that company? Yeah. So one of the biggest, like, I guess, aha moments, you kind of touched on it too, for a lot of these companies is um, even when you think about how you construct strategy in a lot of businesses, like I've read so many books on strategy and a lot of them always start with like, what is our winning aspiration? <laughs> what should we do as a business? How should we win? And it's like all about you, right? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, this is your goal. Like we're going to become the market leader. Great. Okay. That's like, I mean, this part of like level setting and getting the right talent to support that. That's great. I 100% support that. But then it's like, how do you get there? It's like, okay, the only way like your business exists to serve 
And it exists in this case to serve users. We're actually going to actually wait for it, use your products and get value and love it. It really does need to, to kind of tie back to that user success. And I think whenever like we help companies understand like, okay, what is that? And get her on the same page about like, okay, what does that actually look like for your specific business? And there is going to be multiple different definitions of that based on all the different user types you have. But when you get clear on that, it's like, okay, let's align everyone's interests and let's actually make this like one of our core KPIs, even as a business, um, so that we can better support our users and actually track this um, and get better at helping people over time. And that's cool because it all comes down to like, okay, yes, one, understanding it. Then two, it's like, how do you optimize it? How do we get people to this outcome faster? Um, and that's really where products become very sticky because you're like, oh, I just started this and I'm already getting to value. I, I get excited as a user. Um, and when you start checking that internally as a business, you just get there much, much faster. So let's actually dive back a little bit or, or, or take it back a little bit to, to understand this metric a little bit more because you said every company is going to have a, a different definition of what PQL means and, and how it adds up. So how does one actually optimize for that? Is this is this trial and error? Is there a more systematic way of, of doing this? Is it just user behavior in the product or are there demographic or behavior or other kind of scores that come into play? Totally. So um, like there is some things that for like any kind of business, I'm trying to like relate it to your audience too around like, let's say if you're like even an agency, okay, what could this look like? Even if people are signing up as a customer or something like that, it's like, okay, the first seven days, what are you going to do? Um, in this experience. Maybe if you're a Facebook ad agency, it's like, okay, we're going to get all your campaigns set up. They're going to be launched and you're going to have like your first few leads in the first seven days. So it's like, how do we accelerate that uh, value for a customer? Because this is really all about how do we build trust? And for a lot of like, let's say software products, um, I hear this again and again on our pro- podcast, is like the first seven minutes. What should we do in the first seven minutes to relieve someone walking away with like, wow, like this, they get me. I've done something really cool. If you're setting up like a, let's say a chatbot on your website, it's like, okay, I've embedded the code. That was easy enough. And um, I'm ready to basically accept my first conversation from our website. How cool. Um, so there's a lot of those things where it's just like unpacking what does that initial value look like for someone? Uh, what's the first little small quick win that someone could do? And this really just comes down to how well do you understand your users and your customer? So when we always are even trying to work on this at our own business as well, it's like, what are some of those like baby wins, <laughs> if you will, where it's like someone could do this relatively quickly and it would actually be super high value for someone to, to get around and get clarity on this thing. And you're really just trying to find like, what might those things be for your specific product? And then just align, okay, let's test this. And what you'll always find if you pick the right metric is that there's a very strong correlation between PQL and people actually paying for the product. You will always find that. If you don't, don't have the right one, try again. And that's that's okay. Uh, you might not get it for the first time and that's fine. Yeah, so that's so that's interesting. So so you're going to have to have a hypothesis on what that wow event is. And you know, that'll probably take a lot of testing and iteration until you find it. But the other thing that seemed common in all of your examples was there seemed to be a really important time element. So, they want to get to X by the shortest amount possible. Um 
How important is that? I mean, people have so much choice and are so distracted these days. So is it important to always think about what value are they going to get in a certain amount of time? Totally. And like, this is one of the, like, for more advanced folks who are like, okay, I already have like a pro-qualified lead. Um, this is the next kind of level is like, you're starting to measure like, how long did it take them to get to that point? And then you're tr- starting to optimize like, okay, yeah, we're at like, let's say 40 to 60% of people are getting to this moment, but like, how can we get 40, 60% in that first week? Because what you always see on like any kind of like cohort based <laughs> analytics is like week one, high engagement, week two, lower engagement, week three. And it's like lower, lower, lower for like products that just don't have that fit yet. And so that is something where absolutely you're onto something is like you're trying to like narrow that down, eliminate that as much as possible. And what often happens, um, I see this all the time sometimes is like you're trying to just ask the user like, okay, what could we do to, to make this faster for you? And sometimes there's things like, oh, your onboarding process was like really long. You're like, right, okay, this is something we can fix is in our control. And then there's always going to be some times where it's like, hmm, I gave the code to the developer and they're not able to launch it until Q4. (laughs) Like, oh no, (laughs) like I can't do anything here. This is development team. So like, one, yeah, you could like maybe create a product without that. Like you have to have the embed. Maybe that's in your control. Probably not. It depends on what you're doing. But two, it's like, well, actually, maybe you need to have the right setup. So if you were a 14-day free trial, that just does not float with them because now they have to purchase it to see the value kind of thing. So that's actually more of a interesting discussion that goes on around like, well, maybe you just have like some sort of usage based trial or something like that, which enables them to access that value uh, while without getting blocked. I love that. Really look at your business model. Um, I want to ask you about benchmarks, Wes. And is there a specific benchmark that separates the leaders from the laggards here on this PQL? Totally. So like really good world-class companies, um, they are in that 40 to 60% range for product qualified leads. That is like what I keep seeing again and again is like they're around that range. Now, if you're just starting out and you're like, okay, we're at like 5%, (laughs) bear in mind, it's normal to see like that low or even lower than that because you're just getting at the very beginning of like, okay, what you measure uh, will matter <laughs> and focus on it. And you can always improve that over time and make it easier for people to, to get to that specific point. So if you're in that range, uh, when you first set it up, that's totally fine. But there's there's definitely you want to work up to uh, some of those higher percentages for sure. So you can improve your product. You can change your product, obviously. I mean, that's expensive. You can change the arm onboarding and, and sort of the tutorials. And, and that's maybe slightly less expensive. What about even before they start a trial? I mean, you know, if we were to talk to April Dunford, she would say, oh, figure out who you're actually even getting in the door in the first place. So does that, you know, who we're getting in, the ba- that best fit cohort, does that impact PQL? So that's always going to be a factor is like, who are you targeting? Are you targeting the right people? Um, but I would tie it all back to behavior design. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with like BJ Fogg. He has this behavior model and he basically kind of shares that, you know what, if you want to change someone's behavior, which is what exactly what we're doing, <laughs> especially if you have a software product, you're, you're changing the way somebody does something. He's like, there's three variables you need to worry about. The very first one is motivation. So like, 
if you're looking at like, we have five, six different kind of like user types, um, look at the one who has the highest motivation. This is the person who's like, I'm highly motivated. If they're highly motivated, chances are they're probably willing to pay for it. And not always, but a lot of times they are. And so you're looking for like, who is highly, highly motivated? This is probably a problem for them right now. And then two, you're looking at the ability. So like, how easy is it for them to do this? If they're not tech savvy, and like, even if they're highly motivated, they might not be able to do it within your product. So you're looking at, okay, ability is something you can potentially leverage through like templates or making your product easier to use. Um, so it is sort of in your control, but it's also sort of not. Depends on who, where everyone's coming from a different place. So there's the ability. And then the last kind of key part of changing someone's behavior is the prompts. So like there's internal and external prompts. You can send them a barrage of emails. Do not recommend that, but you can remind them like every single hour if you wanted to, like check into the app, you can, uh, go to this next step to become a product qualified lead. You would never say that, but get the value. Um, and then the internal triggers is over time, when you develop this behavior, you hope like when you look at Messenger, it's like, oh, I want to like reach out to a friend or something. I just check Messenger now. It's embedded in my behavior. So that's the, the ultimate goal. Um, but you're trying to find the users that are going to best align with those three things. Cool. So let's talk about family. Uh, you mentioned cousins. You mentioned MQL as a cousin. Are there other siblings, uh, cousins, aunts and uncles of this metric that we should be thinking about? So it's not so much like aunts and uncles of this particular metric that I think are really important, but I think it's really the integration of this that makes it a true product-led family organization. There we go. Because when you're all working together on this, like your marketing team has a piece of their quality metric tied to this, your sales also has part of their metric tied to this. What you're really just doing is you're creating one team that really truly does care about user success and is helping users become successful. So it's not so much another metric as it is how do we embed this into everyone's workflow? So we're always thinking about how do we make the user successful? You know what's cool about this PQL um, or, or where it fits is that it's it's early enough that it is a beautiful leading indicator. It's super tied to user value. And you're right. Everybody in the organization can rally around this thing that is actually truly something that will improve somebody's life. So Wes, any last words of advice for somebody who's just starting to think about either product-led or, or applying PQLs? Yeah. So even if you don't have like a free model or anything like that, just start measuring this as soon as you can. You might need to have like product analytics or something like that. Um, but the second piece of advice here is really don't try and overthink it too much. Um, this is one of those things that I have worked with hundreds of companies that are trying to find this magical metric. And here's like the deal. It's like, okay, most times we can get like 80% of the way there. And just by thinking through, putting ourselves in the user's shoes, talking to users, we can get a good sense of, I think this would be meaningful to them. And this is a meaningful hypothesis, let's call it. And let's measure it. And then if you start seeing, okay, this many people got to this moment, how many of those converted to paid? Was it like much higher than the average? You can start to see like, were we close? And then you can just evolve it over time. This isn't like a set it, forget it kind of metric. It is one of those things where it's like, we're always trying to improve it over time. Wes, I really want to thank you. Everybody, Wes Bush, founder and CEO of Product Led. 
I mean, we've talked about the honesty, the motivation, and just maybe the simplicity of how to apply PQLs to your business. So don't waste any time. Get started right today. Wes, thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you, Wes. If you enjoyed today's conversation about metrics and data, be sure to check out Metric HQ, our online resource for the metrics that matter most to you and your business.